Doing the impossible is not something you make happen. It's something that you allow to happen. After conducting over 10,000 personal and group coaching sessions over the last decade, author and personal coach Jason Dries has unlocked the simple yet effective formula to accept and create success in your life on the most basic, instinctive level. In his latest book, Do the Impossible, Jason gives readers access to the same life-changing principles he provides in his personal coaching sessions. Ready to embrace success as a state of being? In this exclusive listener offer, get your copy of Do the Impossible for 50% off from the publishers at Bigger Pockets. To get your copy of Do the Impossible for 50% off any format, go to www.biggerpockets.com impossible50. That's 50% off any format, www.biggerpockets.com impossible50. And I wanted to play with some other toys in the chest. Like, yeah. why can't I be on Good Morning America to talk sports? Yeah. Why can't I do some shows from down in New York City? Why can't I also uh, do more baseball games? You know, why can't I do that sort of thing, you know, with my time? Why can't I play in more of the toy chest? Welcome to Iron Brand with Donnie Deutsch. I'm Donnie Deutsch, and this is the show dedicated to a simple premise that everything is a brand today. Uh, every person, every celebrity, every political party, every company, every product, uh, everything is a brand. The brand is a set of values, and if even if you have a Facebook page, you're, you're a brand. And so we do two things on the show. Uh, first, we interview somebody about their own personal brand, and today we have the great Rich Eisen. Rich is uh, one of the top sports journalists in the country. He's the face of the NFL Network. Uh, former ESPN host, uh, podcast host, uh, one of the sharpest, funniest, most interesting guys around. It's great to have him, obviously, Super Bowl week. Um, so we're going to talk to him. And first, we do something called Brands of the Week. And our, in our Brands of the Week, um, we kind of go over the brands that are kind of shaping the zeitgeist, the brands that are up, the ones that are down, and where's who's going where and who's getting to who. And let's get right into our Brands of the Week. First up, Winter Olympics, brand down. Um, it is just, you, you couldn't have had a more perfect poor storm for the Olympics. In China, um, obviously with a lot of the human rights things going on in China, 70% uh, of respondents disapprove of allowing China to even host the Olympics in Beijing. It's really like dampened the interest. Winter, also, it's very close to the Summer Olympics in Tokyo because they had been delayed. Um, there's like no interest. It's just, it's in plus, you know, Omicron and, and it, it's... It's just there is no luster on the Olympics, and I, I don't have the ratings, but I can promise you the ratings. Plus, also there's a huge time difference, so everything that can go be re leading up against the Olympics is up against this Olympics. Uh, there we go. Brand down for the Republican National Committee, the RNC. Here's what these geniuses came out and talked about about the the insurrectionists, the January sixth. They said um, uh, basically. Um, should we ever see a real authoritarian government in the U.S.? This decision by the RNC will have been a critical stepping stone. Um, they basically said that what happened was the, a legitimate political discourse. This is exactly what they, they came out. And they said the Republican Party on Friday officially declared the January 6, 2021 attack on the Capitol events that led to a legitimate political discourse. A little legitimate political discourse is people having political discussions and back and forths and and. For them to say that, and they also formally rebuked two lawmakers in the party who've been outspoken condemning the deadly riot, of course, Liz Cheney and, and uh, Adam Kinzinger of Illinois. But to say that, to declare the Capitol riots legitimate political discourse, this is the Republican Party, the, the National Committee, 
I mean, how stupid are they? So that's going to come back to bite them. Brand up Mike Pence. You know, uh, Mike Pence uh, brokered Trump and said, I had no right to overturn the election. Uh, he goes, there are those in that party who believe that as presiding officer over the joint session of Congress, I possess unilateral authority to reject electoral college votes. I heard this week that President Trump said I had the right to overturn the election. President Trump is wrong. I had no right to overturn the election. So Mike Pence grown a pair. Um, you know, this also leads to something, I talked about this on, on Morning Joe a little bit um, with Joe, and, and I know he feels the same way and I do, that I just started to see some fissures in the Trump approval, if you will, the Trump owning the party, if you will. I, like last year, 56% of Americans who were Republicans identified with Trump, only 36 as being Republican. So Trump was kind of trumping being Republican. Now that's switched and almost 60% of Republicans say they're Republicans first and only 35% say they're Trumpers first. And you know, Mike Pence coming out and more and more, like it, you get a sense, yes, he's still in control of the party, but the grip does not seem to be as locked in. I'm just something I'm feeling in my gut. And I think as time moves forward, we're gonna see that. And I think there's a chance he doesn't run. I really, really do. We'll see what happens. U.S. jobs, brand up. Huge job surprise. Employees added 467,000 jobs last month, despite millions of people being out sick. Uh, that was a huge surprise that came out last Friday. Brand down for World Health 222. The world is living through a unique moment. In the past five or six weeks, the Omicron coronavirus variant has likely gotten more people sick than any other similar period since the 1819 flu pandemic, according to global health experts. So there are more people sick around the world than in this country than has ever been since that time. This is the sickest we've ever been. The good news is the Omicron variant seems to be dying down in a lot of places in this country. I knew in New York it's fallen way off, but we certainly have gone through that rough period. Brand up for Merck, expects to sell five to six billion of its new COVID treatment pill. Merck sold close to a billion of its treatment pill, uh, mole new pervivar, mole new pervivar. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Mole new pervivar, mole new pervivar. <laughs> In the fourth quarter, uh, it reduced the risk of hospitalization or death in COVID patients by 30% and slashed the risk of dying by 90%. So that's a pill that's going to be selling a lot of places. Brand up for the, for the queen, Queen Elizabeth. 70 years she has been on the throne. She's 95. She took over um, when she was 25 years old, when her, her dad died, when King, King George VI died in 1952. And she has just been nothing but... Um, Class, uh, you know, there's always been a lot of sordid stuff around the royal family, not around her. Uh, she is just this great diplomatic figure around the world. I'm not a big royal watcher myself, but you got to give it to Queen Elizabeth at age 95, still going strong. 70 years on the throne. It's the longest anybody has served on the throne. Uh, huge brand down from Facebook. Facebook last week had a terrible earnings report. Um, basically, their stock plunged 26% in one day. They lost a quarter of a trillion in value, biggest wipeout in history, in market value, 251 billion in market value. Uh, basically what started to happen is that the losing users for the first time in history, loss was greatest in Africa, Latin America, and India, suggesting the company's product is saturated globally. You just go, wow, these are the places that they still can have tremendous growth. So um, obviously Meta is going to is reposition themselves and they've got their, their Facebook brand is I think going to become a smaller piece of their overall portfolio as they get into um, uh, AI and other things, but uh, really rough, rough, rough time uh, for Facebook. So a huge brand down for them. Brand down for Joe Rogan, big brand down. Um, it seems as if uh, there was a mashup put together of a lot of his old shows, how 
he seemed to use the N-word many times. Um, that is just uh, not okay. He, he likened the black uh, area where a bunch of black people live into Planet of the Apes. I mean, it's a miracle this guy's still on the air. I, I mean, it's just he came out and he's apologized and said, you know, but 20% of Spotify users say they've canceled or plan to cancel over Joe Rogan controversy. Um, 54% of those who use Spotify have no intention of canceling their subscription. But what's going to happen is um, advertisers. Are there advertisers on Spotify? I do believe there are advertisers on Spotify. And advertisers will start to run. I, I, I should know this, whether they're advertisers. I know there's a subscription, and I'm pretty sure, yes, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're advertisers. And those are the ones that start to, you start to go, whoa, well, what's, what's going to happen here? And so big brand down for Joe Rogan. Huge brand down for Governor Ron DeSantis. He seems to make the list every week. He would not condemn a Nazi rally in Orlando. Simple, easy things when a reporter says, do you condemn this? And there are Nazis marching behind him and they're standing on an overpass and he refused to, to, to condemn it. He said instead, he, those, he slammed those, asked him the question, uh, trying to smear him. Um, he just, he wouldn't, he wouldn't come out and say it. He wouldn't say, no, just a simple political question answer. Do you condemn Nazis? Yes, I condemn Nazis. Uh, couldn't get those words out of his mouth. It was like, you're trying to attack me. You're trying to make me look bad. Fuck you, Ron DeSantis. Uh, say, Santis claimed those asking him to condemn the Nazi tried to use this as some type of political issue. He said, we're not playing their game. Not a political issue. Simple question. Do you condemn Nazis? Person who wants to run for United States president, person who's governor of one of the largest states in this country. Huge brand down for, for the NFL. They've had a very, very rough week. Um, twofold. Uh, Brian Flores, a former uh, Miami Dolphin coach, is, is filed a class action suit um, saying that he was... There's something, if you don't know, in the NFL called the Rooney Rule that was instituted to create more diversity, that every coach opening has to, uh, they have to interview, interview one minority candidate. And he's claiming he got the New York Giants interview job, but after it was, after it was given to somebody else, it was just a formality. He was humiliated and looked like a fool. There was also one other sensational uh, accusation in there that uh, Steve Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, his former coach, offered to pay him $100,000 to tank games so they would get better draft picks, which if that's the case, I think he's got to lose the team. Um, but this is a big problem for the NFL. The NFL now has one black head coach, Mike Tomlin, out of 32 teams. Um, and that certainly is not something that's going to make sense, particularly since they put in since 60 or 70% of the players are black. And they instituted this rule in 2003, and I think they had three black head coaches then. So something's wrong there, and they've got, to, they've got some work to do. Brand up for Super Bowl gambling. Uh, for the first time, the National Football League has fully embraced gambling. Three bet takers, DraftKings, FanDuel, and Caesars Entertainment have been named official sports betting partners of the league. Four others, PointsBet, WinBet, BetMGM, and FoxBet, have been designated approved sportsbook operators. So I personally, and I think I've talked about this on this show, is I, I don't know. I watch football games and every other ad is a betting ad now, and it just, yeah, just don't love it in my stomach. Brand up for Super Bowl ads. It looks like some of them are getting a record $7 million. They were originally selling out at between 5.8 and 6.2 for a 30-second spot. Some of the most recent spots that sold have been going for seven. Um, it's still, look, it's, it's, it's the beauty pageant. It's where advertisers strut their stuff. I believe it's advertisers sometimes look really stupid on the Super Bowl because they'll do anything to get attention and be on that ad meter bowl that USA does. And sometimes they most silly you know, sophomore commercials get rewarded for dumb humor as opposed to really smart ads. So it's, uh, it is what it is. 
but certainly NBC is going to be making their money. Brand down for the Washington Commanders. That's obviously the new football team in Washington. Is in, 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 There's nothing wrong with the naming in of itself, except it seems as if already on Twitter, a lot of them are calling the Washington Commies. Short for the Commanders, the Washington Commies. <laughs> Nobody maybe thought that through, that they could, this is an easy nickname with this name. Uh, there's so many names out there. They should have maybe thought about that. I know it sounds like a silly thing, but you're going to call them the commies, the Washington commanders. Oh, look at those commies over there. And that's certainly not good. Brand down for the show, the Masked Singer and for Rudy Giuliani, the Masked Singer, Sean Fox, where they all, all these people dress up in these ridiculous outfits and the contestants or the panelists have to guess uh, who the celebrity, quote unquote, is in there. And you actually had Rudy Giuliani is one of the Masked Singers. He unmasked himself and Ken Jeong, uh, one of the hosts, walked out afterwards but uh, the guy, how pathetic. Uh, the guy who's trying to destroy our country, he's singing on a show. Jimmy Kimmel scoffed on his own show. Um, and no headline has captured the national zeitgeist of existential dread combined with ridiculous stupor, lousier, busier, better than this, says Stephen Colbert. I, I mean, ugh, just ugh. And come on, Fox, come on, Mass Singer. I mean, I'm just glad I didn't have to watch him unveil and have to look at that face. Valentine's Day, brand up or brand down, depending on how you're looking at it. If you're in the business of Valentine's Day, brand up. If you're celebrating Valentine's Day, brand down. The average price for a dozen roses jumped 22% from last year. Assorted chocolates are 9% higher, while candy sales overall hit new highs heading up to the holiday. So it's going to be more expensive to do the right thing on Valentine's Day. Still not an excuse, but just saying. Brand up for tequila. Tequila could overtake vodka as America's favorite liquor sales boom. Tequila could soon overtake vodka. The desire for pricey bottles of agave-based spirits, tequila and mezcal, was the second fastest-growing spirits category. Um, the sales climbed 30% with the prior year. Vodka is still ahead at about $7 billion, and, and tequila is $2 billion behind, but it's just growing leaps and bounds. It's going to pass. It's not even a question. I, myself, former vodka drinker, current tequila drinker, so I'm proof, proof right there. Brand up for female robots. Humans feel more comfortable talking to female robots, study revealed. Makes sense to me. Washington State University researchers found that people respond better to robots which have female characteristics. Um, consider human workers with automated service and repetitions. People have a tendency to feel more comfort in being cared for by females because of existing gender stereotyping about service roles, explains the study author. Interesting. And Chanel handbags, a brand up. Uh, prices way, way up. It's selling for $8,200. That's up from $5,200. So if you want one of those little Chanel little flat bags that a lot of the women in my universe tend to like, only 8,200. And those are our brands of the week. Let's get to our interview with Rich Eisen. You're really going to enjoy it. I want to talk to you about Mint Mobile. If saving more and spending less is one of your top goals of this year, why are you still paying insane amounts of money every month for wireless? Switching to Mint Mobile is the easiest way to save this year. As the first company to sell premium wireless service online only, Mint Mobile lets you maximize your savings with plans just starting at 15 bucks a month. There's no reason not to do it. This is the way to save money. You go on Mint Mobile, you go online. It's just 15 bucks a month. It offers premium wireless. By going online only, you eliminate traditional costs of retail, uh, passes the savings on to you. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. With Mint Mobile, choose the amount of monthly data that's right for you and stop paying for data you never use. Um, it starts at just 15 bucks a month. This is it. This is a no-brainer for your wireless. You're going to save money with Mint Mobile. So get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month. And get the plan shipped to you to your door for free. Go to mintmobile.com slash Donnie. That's M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash Donnie. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash Donnie. 
I want to talk to you about NordVPN. Well, here's the thing. If you, if you want anything to do with secure, keeping all your stuff secure, all your data secure, everything on your phone, everything on your computer, you need this. You can, if you've ever been in an airport, maybe, or been in a restaurant and the Wi-Fi is not protected, well, this is the way to protect it. You can, you can access content from over 59 countries by changing your virtual location with one click. Uh, if you live in the U.S., but with NordVPN, you could be anywhere in the world virtually and access content from those regions. Um, it, you can watch Peaky Blinders early on in the U.K., streaming services, so on and so forth. But the key thing is it's got to be secure. So I hear people say that VPNs have a reputation of slowing down your internet speed, but not with NordVPN. Of course, it's faster VPN in the world. You don't have to sacrifice internet speed for better security. With NordVPN, the internet traffic is routed through a secure encrypted tunnel, which protects the data and privacy. You can also have NordVPN up on six devices, your phone, your laptop, smart TV, iPad, even your router. So this is it. Yeah, you, you need an ORD VPN to protect your data when it's always protected. This is what you need. It, it's, 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 this one's a no-brainer. Um, it keeps your internet activity private, protects you from accessing dangerous websites, lets you enjoy your favorite content securely. Super easy to use, just a click and you have internet security. It's equivalent of buying a cup of coffee every month price-wise, a small price to pay for premium cybersecurity and access to vast amounts of entertaining content. This is a 30-day money-back guarantee. If NordVPN is not for you, there's no risk. Go to nordvpn.com slash Donnie or use code Donnie to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. I am thrilled at today's guest, uh, Mr. Rich Eisen. Uh, you all know him. Uh, he is the face of the NFL Network. He's one of the faces of the NFL. The host of the Rich Eisen Show on Peacock and Sirius. Just getting started with Rich Eisen Podcast, both wildly successful. He's also the host of NFL Game Day Highlights, as well as NFL Network's Thursday night football pregame, halfgame, postgame shows. Um, he has been one of the most visible voices in, I don't want to call it sports, I'm going to call it sports, culture, politics, entertainment, epicenter of who we are, lens through sports. Is that fair to say, Mr. Eisen? I appreciate the invitation and certainly that introduction, Donnie. Appreciate it. I've been a big, big fan for years and I was really excited Thanks, to talk, talk today. Uh, I just I want to go back a little bit, the Rich Eisen story. Uh, I sure. didn't know, are you a Staten Island kid? Uh, yeah. Wow, yeah. and 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 I I didn't realize that out of Michigan, your first job was was for one of the the major periodicals in, in Staten Island, writing for them. The Staten Island Advance, or as the Staten Islanders call it, the Advance. The Advance. <laughs> they put. So yeah, I I'm uh, born in Brooklyn. My parents were New York City public school educators, so they moved to Staten Island when the the Verrazano Bridge um, connected Brooklyn to Staten Island. They were many one of the many. Uh, New York City um, employees that that hopped across the bridge, and um, I, uh, you know, you cut me off in traffic. My New York accent will still come out a little bit. I uh, graduated uh, college the day I graduated college. The uh, the uh, editor of the Staten Island Advance, uh, Les Troutman, called me on the day of my graduation. I was an intern there for two summers prior, and offered me a job, and I took it. I was uh, one of the few graduates that day at the University of Michigan who walked down to the stage and walked into Chrysler Arena, the basketball arena, with a job already secured. It was kind of a pretty uh, relaxing day for me. And of speaking it. of college, you kind of formed your, you kind, I kind of your essence with the combination of doing some really bad stand-up every few weeks and <laughs> writing for the paper and said, you know what, I kind of somehow think I can bring these worlds 
together somehow and make a couple of bucks. Well, you know, Donnie, I, I would push back a little bit as the, the, I thought the brand of comedy was actually good. Uh, occasionally <laughs> lowbrow is the way I would describe okay, it. Okay. But you know, that was back in the, the late eighties when, uh, when they were making, um, Tom Hanks, Sally Field movies about stand-up comedy, you know, uh, cause it was so hugely popular. People were waiting around the corner, uh, to get bit to laugh in comedy clubs. And I was part of the craze and I loved it to the point where, you know, I, I miss live audience feedback. I, I know it's not the job of my studio, uh, co uh, cohorts, uh, to laugh at my material. But if I don't get immediate feedback from anybody in the studio, I feel like something's fallen flat. Yeah. I love it. I loved it. And I, I, uh, it, nothing's been tougher in my entire life than doing stand up. That's comedy, what everybody says. Period. Everybody says the same thing. I did it one night. There was a, for a charity, a bunch of CEOs, we had to do stand up and, and I, I bombed. I mean, and you really feel alone up there when you're up there oh, yeah. and you're, you're, you're just saying shit and people are just not responding. I mean, it, it, it's, it's no man's land. It really is. Yeah. No, no question about it. And my big showstopper was reading the uh, penthouse forum letters in Howard, Howard Cosell's, Cosell's voice, yes. Johnny. Any chance that we was, get a little little throwback to that, right? We, oh, I, know, sure. I know you don't have any penthouse letters in front of you. No, no, we'll it, it, it always right. started. Yeah, it always started with, I never thought this could happen to me. <laughs> you know, like that's <laughs> that's how it always started. A bus you know? full of, of cheerleaders gets stranded I by the side of the road. I never thought this could happen to me. I love you it. Know? I love it. So, I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And, and then somehow, miraculously, you get a job. You, you, you're you writing for, you're in Staten Island. You're, you're writing there. And you, in Redding, do I have this right? In, in Redding, California, was yeah, there something well, in between? There was there? actually a, a stop uh, in between at the Northwestern School of Journalism. Okay, uh, Medill, right? Okay, at, right, right, Medill right. School of Journalism. Because I, I you know, I, look, I, I, I had three years as a staff writer at the Staten Island Advance, and um, I was just not cut out for hard news. Just wasn't. Always wanted to be sports. That's what I did at my school newspaper. Uh, I grew up loving Howard Cosell and Marv Albert growing up and watching and Marv Jerry and Gerard, Wolf. And Jerry, Jerry Gerard. Jerry Gerard. Now, Donnie, Jerry Gerard. Not a lot of hosts are going to talk to you about Jerry Gerard, right? Okay, I no, get some points on you, that you, one. Right? Uh, okay. You had me at hello. Right, because, okay. <laughs> I mean, he was the, when, when, when Marv was doing NBC, WNBC, and Warner Wolf was doing CBS. Sure, go to the videotape, um, yeah. He was he was doing WPIX. He was doing Channel Eleven. Sure. And Jerry Gerard had this dry wit that was uh, Sports Center before Sports Center. Yeah. And he was funny, and I loved him. And I watched him, and then I would watch the Odd Couple and the Honeymooners and fall asleep. Uh, That's you, what I did every night. You and I had a you pretty know, a pretty exciting life at that time. Oh yeah. How about so Jerry Eisenberg? I always wanted to do that, and um, you know, I had an epiphany behind the wheel of a car, filling in for the cops beat reporter one day. Going from precinct to precinct, there were three of them, police precinct on Staten Island. You'd stop from one or the other to see if there was anything going on. And the newspaper, the Staten Island Advance, would, would publish whose houses got broken into. Like that that would be information yeah. that readership wanted to know. But at any rate, I, I just remember, you know, uh, I had this huge walkie-talkie that would blurt out these codes that I didn't really understand, even though I had a, a sheet that would correspond uh, the code to what, 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 what they were actually saying um, to other, uh, other members of the police force. Uh, I thought everything was some triple homicide I was missing and an ambulance zoomed by me, Donnie. And I remember, uh, chasing it. I went through red lights on father Capadano Boulevard in Staten Island, there I remember exactly where I was. Okay. And I remember I had an epiphany. I'm like, there's no other way to describe myself other than ambulance chasing. I don't <laughs> want to do this and, um, not cut out for it admittedly. 
So I went back to graduate school. Uh, I got my degree at uh, the Medill School of Journalism and got uh, sent tapes everywhere um, and wound up getting a gig at uh, the ABC affiliate in the Reading Chico market. And that's how my television career huge, began. There's, I believe there's New York, there's LA, San Francisco, Philly, and the Chico market, I think. is. Do I have it's that right? Or, okay, yes, right there was a young Aaron Rodgers, I think, going through yeah. uh, middle school at the time wow. uh, in Chico, California. Wow. wow. But um, it, it really was, if you remember the TV show Northern Exposure, sure. like the Jewish doctor in the forest in the mountain community, <laughs> that's really what it was. For me, I went, you know, I mean, every mountain I grew up around on Staten Island was made of trash, the largest garbage dump in yeah. the history of the planet that thankfully is now closed, the Fresh Kills Landfill. I panned for gold. I went fly fishing. I, I climbed mountains. I mean, I did it all there, but I, I you know, it was amazing. You got to do, uh, you do it, you do it, did a lot of shtick out there. And if you were in I did. And, I, I mean, that I, was, that's kind I, of where I you formed your kind of comedy chops yeah. for lack of a better thing. Well, I, I, honestly, Donnie, I, 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 um, I channeled everything that I did on the air to try and get on Sports Center. That was what I wanted to do. Um, so you—that's very interesting. That's a great kind of career thing for people that you—you you, you, sometimes you have to act as if, and and not that, not that you're not doing your current job in the right way and, and every fiduciary responsibility, but that not every. I always say to people, you got to where do you want to be? Like you, you can't just work and do this. Like where do you want to be? Yep. And that's that's really interesting to hear. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I, I, I was traveling around, um, with a three quarter inch camera, which is this huge oh, yeah, camera that you put it. on your shoulder you don't, you don't. and this large coaxial cable that attached to its own deck that had a strap for your right. other shoulder. And I shot my own material and I edited my own material, but my material on the air was treating local high school, basketball, volleyball, what have you, as if it was sports center. Yeah. So I did the highlights like I would do it if I was sitting on the ESPN Sports Center set. It's just a different, if you will, uh, level of sports. Yeah. And um, sent the tape to a headhunter under the category of you never know. It's just first class postage. And ESPN saw my tape and hired me from there. Twenty six. That's amazing. Like hitting the lottery. That's amazing. Dude, take me back to that moment where you find out either through the headhunter or through. <laughs> where like you're sitting there, you're 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 in bumfuck. I don't mean to say that disrespectfully, but you're in northern exposure yes. land. And you get that call. I mean, take me to- Here it is, Donnie. Here's the story. So at KRCR TV, the ABC affiliate, the uh, spirit of the North State was our phrase. And um, there is a phone there where it would ring if it was a local call and it would ring, ring if it was a phone call outside of the area code. Okay. Don't ask me why or how, it just did. So whenever my parents would call me, they lived in New Jersey. Because uh, again, like all New York City- uh, public school educators, they had the central New Jersey or South Florida retirement plan and right. they chose okay. central New right. Jersey. Okay. And so, um, they would call me and it would go ring, ring. My brother had called me the ring, ring. Everyone else would just be this ring. So the ring, ring happens. And I thought it would be my parents. Instead, it was an agent from the William Morris talent agency named Henry Reich. Sure. I know, I know, Henry, I know Henry. Well, sure. Of course. I bet you do. Yeah. So it was Henry and I'd never a young, a young Henry. Okay. This is 1995. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So um, Henry Reese says, I hear you're one of the hottest up and coming sportscasters in America. Can I get your reel? And I was thinking in the back of my head, you've got to be shitting me. Right. Like, really? Yeah. Um, sure. Done. 
give me your address. I'll send it to you and then we'll talk. Um, so I did that. And I remember I called my brother um, and I told him he's older by two years. And I called him. I'm like, you'll never guess what just happened. I mean, my, uh, my phone rings and it, I told him the story. He's like, that's amazing. So ring, ring, literally less than five minutes later, Donnie, less than five minutes later, the ring, ring goes off again. And I think to myself, I'm such hot shit that that's Al Jaffe on the phone. Now, right. Al was the headhunter for ESPN. Right. He was the talent coordinator. He was the one who found everybody. Name anybody from the golden age, if you will, that's of Sports it. Center. Okay, right. Al Jaffe found them. And I had sent unsolicited resumes and tapes to Al for years, years leading up to this. And it was, in fact, Al Jaffe calling me at my my workplace. And um, I nearly carpet F-bombed him because I thought it was a brother of mine calling my high school buddy, say, Rich will buy this, say you're Al Jaffe, right. and, and, and pull his leg. But it really was ESPN calling me that day. And I will never forget it. They wanted to meet me um, within weeks uh, down in Los Angeles where the Cable Ace Awards were happening. Yes, the famous Cable Ace. Did you meet with Bornstein <laughs> yes. at that point? I had not. I'd never okay. met Steve yet, but, um, you know, God bless that man. I love him. Um, right. So, no, I had not met anybody. I mean, again, I'm, I'm 25 yeah. years old, um, fresh out of graduate school after a year, three years removed from college after, prior to that. I, I mean, so I, 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 I went through the interview process and I flew across the country and I, I auditioned in middle of January of 96. And my first day on the job was Valentine's Day, 1996. I was hired by ESPN wow. and the rest is history. I will never forget it. It was one of the most amazing feelings of all time. That's and, crazy. um, I, I'm and, so, and they threw you right in there. I mean, with, with, they with did, Oberman, it was just before ESPN news was created. Okay. So that's when they took new hirees and made them cut their chops there. I, I spent three weeks observing, um, and then got on my first sports center, um, of sweet 16 weekend of the, of the, of March madness, 96. Who would co who'd you co-host with that first one? Larry Beal. Larry Beal. Okay. Yes. One of the sweetest guys around. And um, I remember I did my shtick full bore, man. Like I did the entire New York Knicks highlight as Marv Albert. Right. All 60, 90 seconds of it, which is what I did up in Redding, California. And they always called it the New York guy. But here I am now going national. And I remember Larry was like, what are you doing? Now, I read. Um, but I, read, I went full bore. I read. Uh, uh, a little research that Oberman that you were you were doing a lot of comedy and you said to I don't know if I, I don't have this exactly right you said to Oberman what do you think give me some feedback and he went like half like just keep cutting it in half and and the net net you took away was the entertain don't start with the entertainment you know start with the content yes. and start with the and with the sports and and the entertainment will come but that's the order do I have that right this right here is an inter office envelope that Keith Oberman sent me my first year on the job, okay? I had this here because I was talking about it to a friend the other day. And here it is, something Keith typed out to me, writing to me exactly what you said. You said, he told me. And here is a letter that he included in it of a, of a, of a uh, viewer of SportsCenter 
telling him essentially to fix me and Reese Davis, believe it or not, at the time. Right. Because we we uh we were too over the top. And he sent this in inter-office mail. And, you know, in perfect Keith Olbermann reaction, he's like, you know, he included this to say, this is nothing personal. I want you to do well. I want you to be happy. I want you to be able to replace me on this show someday when I finally keel over. And then parenthetically says, will next Thursday be good for you? Right. Like that's just <laughs> very overman, right? I mean, this is straight, like this right. is KO, classic KO, right? And then he wrote like this, don't take this personally, no matter how personally it's been written, this viewer is not interested in your happiness. There are drastic solutions and there are simpler ones. I would suggest several simpler ones. Try an entire segment of the show with neither a smile nor an impression of any kind. Limit yourself to one use of each catchphrase per show. The more drastic suggestion, I'm sad to say, is to eliminate, and he used a couple of the catchphrases that I was in love with at the right. time. If you're offended, I'm sorry, that's not my intent. And then he says, I'm available for, to you at any time and in any way if you want to go further into this. And you sign it. Here you go, Seats. I, I would have, if I were you, I would have reacted, okay, well, that's one viewer, and this is my thing, and, and you know, I'm, that's me. I'm, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I would have kind of pushed back on that. Well, I, I, I took it in stride, um, you know, because we did share an agent at the time, and um, I also revered him, you know, and I, and I yeah. still, you know, think he is truly the greatest broadcaster he and Dan Patrick are the greatest broadcasters I've ever been around. Right. And um, and I revered both of them at the time. Dan was just, you know, hazing me. Right. Um, you know, by strolling up to me when I was getting ready for the 2 a.m. Sports Center, looking at all the tapes that had just come up from the ESPN control room that Dan and Keith had just been done. And I would feel like this presence to my left, and it would be Dan Patrick standing over me saying, So, you're nervous. <laughs> That's it, you know, but Keith, Keith was giving me two cents a lot. And I said, you know what? I also noticed he wasn't doing that for a lot of other people either. Yeah. So I took it in stride. It was this in particular was very tough to take because the letter was mean and very nasty. Yeah. But I understood what he meant. I understood like, you know, if you want the funny stuff to stand out, it has to literally stand out. It cannot be. Yeah the the sole purpose of it you know and um it was a tough lesson to take and put into practice but that's the way i took it at the time i want to talk to you about alto ri uh and he, here's the deal do you have an account with coinbase are you thinking of opening one do you own any bitcoin ethereum cardano or any other crypto cryptocurrency may represent the future money but it's one of the most exciting investment opportunities to come around for some time but what about the taxes well, when you do anything in life, there's one way to do it, and then maybe there's a smarter way. You might already be investing in crypto, but did you know you can trade Bitcoin, Ethereum, and 80 other cryptocurrencies in a tax-advantaged IRA? This is it. So this is a way to save taxes when you're buying your crypto and trading your crypto. It's, it's, it's setting it up as in a tax-advantaged IRA. With an outdoor crypto IRA, you can trade crypto like Bitcoin and avoid to, or defer taxes. Get into investing in crypto and do it in tax-advantaged way. Trade all you want without the tax headaches. Create an account in just a few minutes. Invest with as little as 10 bucks, no setup charges. Secure trading 24-7 through Alto's integration with Coinbase. 80 plus coins available, including Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Cardano. 
Um, and I'm telling you, it's industry-leading security and advanced encryption standard for wallets and private keys, multiple ways to fund your account, make a cash contribution, transfer cash from an existing IRI, or roll over an old 401k. So ready to take investments to the next level? Diversify like the pros and trade without tax headaches. Open an Alto Crypto IRA with as little as $10. Just go to Alto IRA, that's A-L-T-O-I-R-A.com slash brand. That's altoira.com slash brand. Start investing in crypto today. Go to altoira.com slash brand. If you're going to do crypto, this is the way to do it and save taxes. But you were, you guys were at the center of pop culture. I mean, that sports center, and I, I don't know if today's audience understands where sports center fit in. I mean, this was obviously pre-smart smartphone. This is your... If if you were if you were a young person, sports fan, sports guy, sports woman, you, I, this is what you live for. And you guys, there was this collective voice that was tongue in cheek, uh, acerbic, fun. I mean, in, a, in an all star cast, including your late great friend Stuart Scott, yes. um, to the point in the ad business where I came from, the most prestigious thing you could get to do was a Sports Center spot, thirty mm -hmm. second spot. That was like that was the cram even more than a Nike commercial. And Widen and Kennedy was the agency that got to do yep. most of them. But like, the, and it was probably some of those brilliant advertising ever done in any category. I don't remember, I don't remember specifically a Rich Eisen Sports Center spot. Take me through one. Sure. Okay. So um, my first week on the job there, I got thrown into one. Um, the first Sports Center spot I was in was fresh off of, because again, I got there in February of 96. It was fresh off of, the Olympics where Kerry Strug, as we all remember, sure. had a remarkable moment yeah. despite being hurt. Um, and Bella Caroli carried her off, remember? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So she was there and one sports center anchor after another carried her and passed her to right. one. Right. Okay. And then the the gag at the end was I believe it was Carl Ravitch who was last passed her to the Michigan State mascot. That was right. the that was the that was the gag. That was my okay. first one I right. was in. Uh, the one that I was in that I think stands the test of time is the corner man, which called corner man, where Lou Duva came running in Lou during Duva. a commercial break right. and treated me as if I was a fighter, um, you know, and, you know, I just do my, the, the, the spot was me on camera saying, and we'll be right back after these messages ding and then the film ver you know behind the scenes the camera comes zooming in and lou duva starts sponging me down and i'm like the prompter's moving too fast i can't keep up right you know like and i'm like my throat's killing me he's like give him some tea give him some tea and i you know drank the tea as an ad lib of me extending right. my pinky right right and i'd spit it into a bucket the best part, my favorite part about that commercial, and then we would cut back to me on camera, all fully blow dried and everything, yeah. like as if that's the way a commercial break goes down on Sports Center. Yeah. Hilarious, brilliant spot. Yeah. Two things about it. One is Lou Duva wore a silk, a blue silk for Cornerman's blue silk that said Kid Eisen on the back. That is and has been on the back of my office chair. Ever since, That's including amazing. currently at my Rich Eisen show office right. in uh, El Segundo, I, I, it's one of my favorite keepsakes. It's totally now, um, you know, uh, faded, be, right, right. It, but it, it, it's, it's. I still have it. And secondly, when you see the spot, um, they're bleeping them out now. Donnie, clearly, I don't need to tell you 
and probably most of your audience that in a 30 second spot, you know, you don't need the bleeps. Like you right. could just, you know, sure. not have him curse, except for the fact that Lou Duva could not, could even not when curse. told. That's, it just could not do it. Right. Could not give Wyden and Kennedy three consecutive seconds of clean video. <laughs> Couldn't do it. It's amazing. Could not do it. They're like, Lou, you can't say fuck. You can't say, you can't say shit that you can't. But the spot and, was better with the bleeps in it. I mean, it ended up they being said, fortuitous. Just, yeah. After a while, they huddled up and they said, uh, let's just let him go. Yeah, and then they bleeped it. him out that's and great. it's better. That's amazing. They could, he could not do it. That's amazing. So you're there the glory years, I, I think six, seven years till 2003. And then you make a balls move. There, there's something called the NFL Network coming out. It's not out yet. And you kind of, of course, by the way, being in, as, as you've talked about, being in ESPN was being in the cathedral. I mean, and being in Sports Center, and you were one of the core guys there. And, and, and that was a balls move to jump in. Obviously, it was a brilliant move in hindsight, but to become kind of the first hire at NFL Network in, in the face and, and take me through that decision. Sure. Um, well, I guess the, the, the way to start it um, is necessity is the mother of invention. You, you mentioned smartphones earlier, um, and SportsCenter changed with the invention of yeah. phones. Yeah. And, you know, not the data, internet, um, the bottom line ticker, yeah. you know. So when I started out at SportsCenter for the first two years, three years of SportsCenter, um, it really was the place for you to, A, see what had happened that you missed. Yeah. Or B, review for the first time in depth what you wanted to review in depth of what you've already seen. Yeah. That's the way the show was. So yeah. for me, as a sports center anchor, I would come up with an on camera lead in to set the stage of the highlight that's about to tell you the story a yeah. backstory, an interesting story, yeah. a factoid about one of the players in the game or something. And then I would tell you what had happened through the highlight in as entertaining fashion as hopefully as possible. And then some interesting information nuggets over what we called a scoreboard full screen. Mm -hmm. Then these things happen. Yeah. And then you started seeing stuff in the palm of your hand. And SportsCenter went from being a show about what happened to a show about why something happened. And then ultimately a show about debating and why something happened. happened. Yeah, and, that, and you realize that the game that you love to play and that it was that turned you on was over. Correct. Yeah. Fact. Yeah. I was the only sports center anchor to go into ESPN management and complain that that bottom line ticker that ESPN instituted after CNN and so many other news sure. organizations used it so, you know, um, expertly and importantly um, in the nine 11, uh, aftermath to use, there's so much information happening that they just put a bottom line ticker on ESPN decided to do that. Um, and, and, uh, and put the scores up. I'm like, I'm trying to tell you and set up a highlight about what something happened. And you're undercutting me by putting the final score <laughs> on my chest. Like, as a yeah. matter of fact, when the Steelers and Browns played each other recently, um, I think that was a week 17 game this past season. Somebody put out a highlight of the Browns return to Cleveland. They played Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh beat the shit out of them. But they put my 
on-camera lead and highlight up there from, I guess, when did they return? 99, I guess, 2000 or something like that. And it was on ESPN2. So that's where they had the bottom line already before SportsCenter would put it up there for 01. And um, there it was right there. And um, the final score was right across my chest. (laughs) It's amazing. And I was livid about that. I'm like, I don't want to do this. And then they would have two analysts come on split screen arguing because crossfire was a big hit yeah and it's that's it's, what sports center became it is amazing how that. people the tv business which is supposedly one of the most creative businesses in the world is such a sheep mentality that something works well, well let's do it well no the very reason it worked it there is because it was fresh and it's just right. amazing how in entertainment well, take a, just stunning. donnie take a look at take a look at what um one of the greatest sports studio shows of this century is PTI. Right. And one of the reasons, primary, and one of the many reasons why it works, but primary why it's so much better than anyone else is talent. It's Tony and it's Wilbon. Sure, yeah. Who have known each other since the dawn of time. Yeah. You know? And it doesn't... So, yes, it is derivative. And I just didn't really like doing SportsCenter that much anymore. And plus, ESPN had been bought by Disney. And I wanted to play with some other toys in the chest. Like, yeah. why can't I be on Good Morning America to talk sports? Yeah. Why can't I do some shows from down in New York City? Why can't I also uh, do more baseball games? You know, yeah. why can't I, you know, why can't I do that sort of thing, you know, with my time? Why can't I play in more of the toy chest? Yeah. Of, of and the answer that came back from, uh, Mark Shapiro, who was running Sports Center at the time, was too bad. Yeah, and and now he's an agent. Now he's a William Morris, right? There you go. Go figure, right? I, I don't look, man. I I I just remember, you know, having conversations with him because we got along so well before he took over. And I don't know if I would. I've really never had conversations with him about it. But long story short, is I was n- I was not given an opportunity to do more stuff That's what you than want I to wanted to do. I was only supposed to do more sports centers. Yeah. I didn't really want to live in central Connecticut anymore. I was just getting married. Bristol is not the hub of uh, cultural. Right. Uh, I wanted, yeah. a, I wanted, I didn't, I, that's not what I wanted to do. I didn't want to leave sports center entirely. I mean, like, my gosh, there's so many, like, yeah. look at what Chris Fowler's become off of the sports center set sure. and what folks like Robin Roberts has sure. done off the sports yeah. center set. And forget and Rico now right. on NBC. Yeah. I could it's go true. down yeah. the list. Goes, Dan Patrick. Goes on so on. on and so yeah. forth. Keith. Like I, I, I wanted to show off what I could do, and I wasn't given that opportunity. And Steve Bornstein, who you mentioned before, the former president of ESPN, was at the NFL Network, and um, and you know, I, I joke with Steve, although it's not really a joke, that he's so smart and so brilliant in the business. He hired me, me twice. twice. There you go. And um, and the idea was okay. We're going to start something in Los Angeles that involves the entertainment industry and the sports industry together. Uh, for the NFL and you could be the tip of the spear and you're the first guy and you could start something new and you could start a new life in Los Angeles. Um, Sign me up. You know, that's why I said necessity. That's my long-winded answer of necessity being the mother of invention. Well, it, it was a brilliant move. And I want to shift a little bit to just talking about some some topical stuff. Sure. The, I do a, the, top, the top half of the show is something I do brands up, brand down and which brands are kind of on the roll. And last week I did the NFL because I was looking at some numbers and what a staggering year for the NFL. Uh, I think ratings were up 10, 12, 13% or 16% of some numbers because nothing in TV is up. 
You had, of course, the highest rated game, that uh, Cowboy Raider game in, in 30 years. Uh, why do you think um, all of a sudden it just got hotter than Obviously, the NFL is, is the NFL. But something kicked in this year in particular. I don't know if it's just this year, Donnie. I, I mean, like I said, ever since I've been part of the NFL uh, all year long, starting in 03 at the NFL Network, I've seen a, a, um, a rise, an incremental rise. I mean, we at the NFL Network were born to make sure that the league was talked about all year round. Mission accomplished. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember one of my last sports centers in uh, May of 2003 um, or early March of 2003. And yeah, I left in May 2003. So it's probably either March or April. Somebody came up with an idea of let's talk about the top cornerbacks available in this year's free agent market or draft. And they were laughed out of the room. They're like, there's, you know, nobody's talking about the NFL right now. The draft is in three weeks. It's you know, it's uh, opening day, it's the Masters, blah, blah, blah. Now ESPN has multiple live NFL shows every day. Yeah. You know, and so we made a TV show out of the Combine. We made a TV show out of the schedule release. We made a TV show out of organized team activities. I yeah. mean, every possible ounce and piece of real estate of the NFL that could be eventized or turned into a television show or produced the NFL network has done. And I think that's raised a ton of boats and I'm not just tooting our own horn. It's a fact. It's you in know? hindsight. It's so, you know, the, the simple premise in marketing is you find an audience that's passionate about a product. And here you had this, the most passionate audience for a product, yes. certainly a, an entertainment product that can possibly be. And they have to just shut down after 20 weeks. I mean, it, 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 it defies logic. So in hindsight, so obvious, but obviously everything is in hindsight. Yeah, and and you know, I, I remember going on Jimmy Kimmel's show to help promote the launch of NFL Network in 03, and he goes, What the hell are you gonna do? You know, you'll be back on he joked, you'll be back on ESPN in six months. You know, what are you gonna do once the the season's in over? March, yeah. And and um, you know, uh so there's that, but also there is the casual fan and then there is the gambling fan, to be very honest with you. And it combines both with also the um, the week-to-week nature of it is something that helps build drama every yes. Yes, possible week. Yes, yes. And so each week is also, I call the NFL a narrative-generating machine. Yeah. There are season-long storyline arcs. Uh, there are week-to-week storyline arcs. And they feed off of one another. Perfect example also, you know, like the NBA. There could be a big to do with Kyrie Irving and the Nets, and how are they going to do, you know, uh, without Kyrie at home, you know, uh, because of the vaccine, right? Mm-hmm. And so they lose a game at home. If this was the NFL, we would have had to have sit on that loss for an entire week. Yeah. In the NBA, they play the next night. Yeah. So there's yeah. a new there's a new you know narrative. Yeah. The NFL it builds. And then you get the casual fan with uh, fantasy football combined with the hardcore fan who wants to know if uh, this weekend Devontae Adams is going to have more than 8.5 catches, you know? Sure. So yeah. that's you put it all together and you've got a juggernaut that unlike baseball and the NBA, the Super Bowl does not matter who's going to be in it. It might, you know, 
CBS or Fox or NBC might argue it's a difference of a couple, couple points, you know, yeah, million, which yeah, might yeah. be a difference of how they could sell a 60 second spot. That's not my area of expertise. By the way, it's sold so, ahead of time for it's priced ahead of time. So it, 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 that's it, what I mean. So it, it, doesn't, it doesn't really matter. matter. Uh, obviously, a a Aaron Rodgers. Uh, oh, sure. You know, uh, Mahomes, versus, Mahomes, versus Rogers, Mahomes or, Brady, or Mahomes, Brady. Yeah, I mean, sure. sure so that's going to be a big Even difference. Even Josh but, Allen with the Bills. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, let's just say you put. Um, a, uh, a, ba- a a bank right now. You put in a Bengals 49ers, People are watching, and in a big way. Yes, I mean that's it. So, if you know, the NBA you know. Finals turns out to be John Morant and Memphis against Trey Young and Atlanta, two remarkably talented young players, Memphis versus Atlanta. You know, you 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 get someone no. from Disney ESPN yeah, to yeah. talk about that one. Yeah, you know, <laughs> so. You know, to be very honest. So I want—I want to just touch on two things that you just brought up, both gambling and 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 vac- and vaccines. You know, I watch—I'm a big football watcher, big TV watcher, and I watch and now the inundation of FanDuel and DraftKings and whatever. It's obviously great business, but there's this little thing in me that goes off that says this is not good. This is not, this 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 is we're, we're taking a something and gambling is legal. But accelerating it to the point, and obviously there's all the disclaimers, you know, don't bet it above your head. But there's just something that is, when it started to happen, I just felt as a citizen of the world, this is not a good thing. We 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 don't we don't need in the same way pot being legalized. Do we do we? And I I love my edibles. I'm the first guy to talk about it. But is like certain things. Are we really moving forward when we are now accelerating betting? And betting to the little guy at I hate saying little guy to the guy at home and then, then, then right. making it, it it's I don't it's not a vice, but did we need to do that? Are, are we moving forward as a culture, or is that just kind of like uh, do we? Really I think this? this is just the way of the world, Donnie. And you you could say it's the the um you know uh what the disintegration of 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 something, however you want to put it, but. I mean, wait till there's going to be a time where, hey, Roger steps to the line and go to your app right now. And, you know, do you think it's going to be a pass or do you think it's going to be a run? Like you go to, you see in the draft, like the next pick, is it going to be this person or that person? Is it going to be a quarterback? Is it going to be offense or defense? That's just the way it's going to go. And um, I don't know. You know, I, I, it's just like anything else in the marketplace. If people are just going to be turned off by it, you'll see it in the ratings, and then well, no, obviously the NFL nobody's going to be turned off. off by it. That, that's not the question. That's certainly not the you question. On, on the Vax thing, how do you? Where? Obviously, this is one of these arc stories, and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Uh, to me, what he did was atrocious, and it's a Djokovic thing also. And it's 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 you're, you're, where are you coming out on athletes and vaccines? And obviously, we know the Kyrie story and the well, and I, the, I, I I'm I got it in July. I'm one of the first. You got it bad, also. You got it really bad. I'd never heard of a breakthrough case before until I got it. Yeah. I didn't know of a single other person who had a breakthrough case in July. This is last summer. Obviously, there's breakthrough cases everywhere now, and that's why I said at the time I went on, you know, uh, my social media. I told whoever, you know, would listen. I talk about it on my show all the time at the time. Um, I used whatever platform was afforded to me to tell everybody to get vaccinated because I didn't want to have another variant come and pierce my vaccination status. And here we are now with another variant. And 
And it just infuriates me to hear that people say that vaccines don't work. I think I saw in my in my Twitter account, uh, Laura Ingram, who I used to know, um, that uh, she did a segment called what positivity boosted or something like that, or bo- it's like talking about boosted people who are positive as if that's a something to laugh about or point right. out like it right. doesn't work. I mean, Stephen yeah. A. Smith just came back from COVID-19 and he said if he wasn't vaccinated, he'd be dead. That's what the doctors told him. So, I mean, um, let's just be honest here um, that this is something that is works. It doesn't work to keep you from being infected. And in some cases, it unfortunately doesn't keep prevent you from being hospitalized. And in the very rarest of cases, it doesn't prevent you from dying. But it certainly prevents it from metastasizing or mutating. It certainly helps you be healthier. And it certainly helps my kids be healthier. Yeah. And anybody who is not vaccinated, I definitely have an issue with it. I, I, I you know, I, I definitely have a, a problem when athletes say that they should be treated differently. Um, and I certainly despise misinformation above all. So I try to keep my information diet um, as healthy and as informed as possible. Other athletes do not. And um, I've mentioned all the time I have a problem with it. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I wish people would all take it. I just want to yeah. get through all of this. I yeah, just heard it, for weeks and months before I popped and and had that breakthrough case uh, way before Omicron, right when Delta was beginning to to crest. You know, I heard everybody saying you should just live your life and go try and live your life. Well, I was trying to do that. Uh, I I was about to leave the country on vacation with my wife, and I tested positive before leaving. Uh, stared out a window for ten straight days and made a made a made a vow to myself that I would not um, at all countenance misinformation or any sort of garbage from here on out. And I'm glad Australia did that with Djokovic. I wish our country was just as strong about it, to be honest with you. How are you feeling also Supreme Court? All of a sudden college athletes are allowed to make money, being that they're making a lot of money for other people. Good thing, right? Hey, man, I have no problem with it. Yeah, I have zero problem with it. I have no problem with the uh, transfer portal. It's just the way of the world. Uh, why should why should a coach be able to say adios? This is best for me and my family. I'm leaving all the kids that I've uh, told that we're we're building a program together. Uh, my contract allows me to do this, and players should be able to transfer if they see fit. Uh, it's your job to, as coaches to hold on to them. And in terms of NIL money, you know, um, <laughs> this is the way of the world, man. That's it. Um, that's the way I look at it. I I don't have a problem with it at all. Um, and as a matter of fact, for my show this year, I hooked up with uh, Gorilla Glue and um, decided to give away a thousand bucks each week to to kids that usually don't expect it coming. You know, like we weren't giving it to star quarterbacks. Yeah. We did give one to no, the quarterback of NC State. So, you know, they gave away a thousand bucks in product. And to be very honest with you, Donnie, the times when we had all these kids on, every single one of the kids, when I said, you get a thousand dollars in the glue. They were more psyched about the glue. I'll be it's honest amazing. with you. I swear to you. It's amazing. They love the glue. And I just love the the concept. And it was a great um uh campaign. It worked very well with one of the sponsors of my show. And and I think um kids deserve it. We we were talking politics off off the air. We're not gonna get into, you know, sorry, your yours or my political view. I although my I, I talk about mine all the time. But one thing that's interesting where where politics really hit the 
NFL in in the eye was Colin Kaepernick. Obviously, it's not it's not just super topical today. I felt I'm curious your point of view, and obviously you have to respect Kaepernick's uh, ability to do whatever he wants to do and whatever protest he wants to do, wherever your politics are. But I didn't disagree with owners who, if I was running a football team and I owned and it's a, and it's an enterprise, it's a, it's a capital enterprise. I would not have wanted him on my team after, not because of his political stance, but because it would all of a sudden make my enterprise a center of political discussion, debate, and I have such a mass product, that's a losing proposition. Do you agree with that theory? I could see it and uh, your theory, but, um, and, and, and in regards to that, um, you know, I, I, I was told that many times when Kaepernick was still being um, looked at as a possible quarterback in the league, that when asked what his plan was um, to discuss social justice issues, right, um, that he didn't really have a very uh, meticulous plan as to when he would say it and what he would say and all of that stuff, and teams might have been scared off by it. But I, I don't understand, though, why that would scare anybody off as an owner if somebody who does far worse things deserves second chances. And the minute they score a touchdown, everybody cheers. Right. Them. Why, right. why couldn't right. we get Kaepernick out there and he scores touchdowns and all of a sudden the cheers do all that yeah. for him? I hear you. You know, you. and then and then. What makes it even worse, Donnie, is that his style of play at the time has it was ahead, now it was been, ahead of its curve. Yeah, it was it was ahead of its, it's curve. It's yeah. now it's now what everybody's seeking. Yeah, yeah, it's what everybody is seeking. Yeah. Um. So, I don't know. Like you're you're seeing certainly in this last year with COVID, where they're going they're going three four deep on each team. Yeah. Like. You know, and then and and then it's just like somebody was just on the couch, like Taylor Heineke, for instance, right? Sure. For the Washington football team, sure. they went and grabbed him off the couch, and so you go, uh, you, nobody's sitting there going, "Why are they giving him a chance? He's just fresh off the couch." But when it's Kaepernick, it's just like sure. he hasn't played in years. Yeah, yeah. And it's just yeah. like, well, it's the same thing for Heineke, and we're also talking about social justice yeah. issues nonstop, yeah. and I think more and more people are attuned to it and maybe it'll be easier that there's now somebody in the white house who isn't calling kaepernick a son of a bitch yeah, yeah. you know and 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 the rest of his cohorts i can't argue with anything talk about this. anything you're saying i just if you're running an enterprise right that it's, it's but isn't it about winning it's not about winning. Like, what about somebody who's got, you know, your, who's got your answer is just winning. Your your answer is just winning. We'll we'll fix everything, and nobody's going to. Well, be I mean, it does for people who have for people who have been arrested. For no, things. I I I lost this debate. I, I stand corrected. No, uh, I, I I I'm just saying it's really what your stomach is as somebody who runs a team. Yeah, you know, and then there are you know I I I I don't you know. Uh, like I said, after a while, whatever drumbeat that might come from certain parts of the cable television dial or the radio dial, um, if the guy's got four touchdowns, right? I mean, I hear you. I, 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 look, I, I, I totally understand the sensitivity that people would have uh, about it. 
There's, I hated when he wore pig socks. I thought that was awful. Right, right. When he wore socks that had pigs on them. It's not, it's, it's, by the way, it's obviously that was reprehensible, but it's more of just that you're the center. Your theory is that as soon as he won, nobody's talking about anything. But well, the media I mean, as no. it is, is always going to say, okay, Carolina Panthers, this is, this is the focus of the, every media, every interview, everything that's going on is always going to come back to that. And your team, it's not about where your politics are. The team is going to become about political discussion. And I don't that, know. We just all assume we all, we just all assumed that, yeah. um, he never really got the opportunity to show what yeah. he would do yeah. in the instance of being the starting quarterback of a team with press availabilities after every game and once a week, Yeah, you know, with I a coach you. who could potentially and an owner who could be like, let's maybe channel a lot of your platform to be utilized outside of the post-game press conference and your press conference, let's figure out other ways to use to your platform yeah, through you. us winning as an organization. I don't know if he ever really got that shot. I, I hear you. And I'm not saying that people wouldn't talk about it because of the wins. I'm saying that so many people overlook other, other athletes' uh, transgressions because egregious, of the wins. Really Why was that not afforded yeah, to Colin Kaepernick? I hear you. Hey, final thing, because I know you're so busy and thank you for your time. We got to talk about Run sure. Rich Run. Uh, raised over 1.7 million bucks. Who would have thought a slow white Jewish guy <laughs> running a 40 yard in, in six seconds would be generating in a suit would be generating that kind of money. You know what? It, 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 it's just, um, amazing, man. It's amazing. Um, and you know, it's just, um, has gotten bigger and bigger, um, every year started out of boredom where I just ran a 40 yard dash um, waiting to shoot something at the combine, you know, and Terrell Davis is a hall of famer sitting next to me. Um, and, um, I just asked him how fast I could run the 40. He thought he could run the, I could run the 40. He laughed at me. I cursed at him and went down and had no idea that the crew that was on break was actually recording me running in my wingtips. Right. And they surprised me that night on, on the broadcast. And that was 2005 and year after year after year, I did it. And then, um, uh, the advent of of simulcamming, so taking my run and overlaying an actual run at the combine over it added sort of a slapstick quality to right. it. Right. I'm looking for your where, times. I have you your know, times like, every year. I have your yeah, times. Yeah, like every... RG3 running off the screen before right. I'm even out of my stance, you know, uh -huh. kind of made it funny and left, kept it alive. And oh. then uh, it was suggested to me uh, by a member of the NFL um, named Sarah Swanson. She said, what about raising money for charity? Let's have everyone run and upload their video and then you could raise money. Um, and gave me a list of charities that the NFL is involved in. Cause obviously you want to be lockstep with the NFL and have their support fully here. And sure. So St. Jude children's research hospital great, was a no brainer. Great, great, great. And, um, and then really what kicked it into another gear the last couple of years, uh, I'm sure, you know, Mark Laurie, Right. Sure. Of course. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a Staten Islander right, um, right. who just was looking on the internet for charities to, um, to get involved with. And he found my run on YouTube wow. and sought me out, called, you know, we got in contact with each other and he's like, I want to run it. What team How did he just, what team did he just buy? Minnesota Timberwolves. Timberwolves is right. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is when he was doing e-commerce at Walmart. Yeah. So um, he's like, let's get Jerry Rice. I'll race him and people can bet on 
me or Jerry for charity and I'll get some of my, uh, my friends to bet on me or bet on Jerry. And that started jacking up, uh, how much money we were raising. Um, then this past year we did it at SoFi stadium and Mark got about five, uh, eight to 10 other, uh, members of his donating class, uh, business community. And I got eight to 10 more members of the NFL legends community and we ran it. And it's just, you know, it's just amazing. went through you. the roof. Mazel to you. And, and your uh, best so, time, your best time in 2016 was 5.94. Yes, I'm a fine wine, Donnie. Not, I'm telling you, I'm looking at the years. You started out in 05 doing 6.77. You took almost a full second off as you got older <laughs> 11 years later. You've well, here's had, the full disclosure is I was an idiot, like I told you, running it in lace-up Xenia shoes when I started. And then I realized I was truly going to hurt myself. So, you went so I sneakers. started running in shoes, but the number of times, like running shoes, uh, but the number of times people were like, you got to take the jacket off. You got to take the tie off. It's not aerodynamic. Um, I had to kind of pass up. I, I I can't do that. That's the brand. You understand That's brand. It. I understand. Donnie. That's it. And That's it's interesting good. enough is that that is the logo of my daily show now. Yes, it it's is. I saw, I, it's in, I saw that in the research. I love that. That's what we call so, synergy. That's what we call synergy in the That's business, it. right? That's it. So it's now the running man is my daily show logo. And it's amazing how important that I'm is sorry. to me as well. You know, the show, I now own it because of, you know, AT&T reshuffling a lot of the way that they um, do their streaming business and television business. Yeah. Uh, I was with DirecTV and then AT&T. But at any rate, um, last two years have been quite interesting. I but now yeah. uh, I've been, you know, I got that Running Man logo and it's 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 all about the branding. I it love really it. Well, Rich, Rich, it was a real pleasure talking to you. I, I've been a big Thanks, fan Tom. for years. Uh, the Rich Eisen Show on Peacock and Sirius just getting started the podcast. Obviously, he's all over the NFL network doing everything every day. And a good man. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate it, man. Donnie Deutsch, greatly appreciate it. Let's do it again anytime. You got it, man. You stay well. Thanks for listening to On Brand with Donnie Deutsch. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe anywhere you get podcasts. That's rate, review, and subscribe, whether it's on Apple, whether it's on Spotify, or any place else. Please, we love hearing from you. And also, you can watch our videos on YouTube and don't forget to subscribe and also comment on those videos also. So we'll see you next week and thanks for listening to you on. Power blackouts. They happen every year, but guess what blackouts? You've met your match. Say hello to Goal Zero, the leader in affordable home power backup systems and solar generators. Goal Zero's generators power your fridge, freezer, lights, Wi-Fi, TV, and more with clean power. Their home backup systems, like the Yeti 3000X, have no fuel, no fumes, no noise, and no maintenance. Just good, clean energy that keeps your home up and running. They offer a range of products and affordable price points, from power stations that can provide a half day's worth of power to solar generators and home backup systems that can keep you powered for one, two, or three days. Plus, they're all portable, so you can take your power with you when you go camping, tailgating, and more. So yeah, take that, blackouts. Our power is here to stay. Have peace of mind when blackouts hit. Go to GoalZero.com to learn more. Hi, this is Jim Jeffries. I have a podcast out called I Don't Know About That. Each episode is a different subject. We bring an expert on and I say everything I think I know about that subject and then they correct me. Join in, listen to the podcast, you'll have a laugh and you might learn something.
Follow, rate, and review. I don't know about that with Jim Jeffries. Now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to listen. You can also catch video releases each week on YouTube.